it's Amy Siskin of The Weekly List and author of the book, The List, and welcome to episode 92 of The Weekly List podcast, which accompanies week 175 on The Weekly List website, theweeklylist.org. It corresponds to the week ended March 21, 2020. Welcome. We spend a lot of time in this podcast and in the weekly list talking about our unstaffed government and how Trump gradually has left positions even vacant or installed insiders and loyalists who have deconstructed agencies from within. And now those chickens are coming home to roost. Trump finds himself surrounded by a small band of sycophants. Our country is in real danger and real trouble, and we are ill-suited to handle it. This week, we're going to trace through the pandemic spreading and Trump's lack of ability to respond and his turning the daily press briefing into essentially a substitute for his campaign rallies. We're going to revisit some of the statements he made last week find out that none of these statements have turned out to be true. None of these promises have been true. So we have basically two realities on parallel tracks. One, the reality of the spreading coronavirus and the trajectory in the U.S. being the the steepest of any country in the world. And then the other, where Trump is constantly assuring everyone that things are just fine and he's got it under control and using racism and xenophobia to distract So we're going to get into this list um, and giving some perspective. We started off the week with 2,500 cases and ended off the week with over 22,000 reported cases. I think it's important to say reported because the amount of testing available in the United States is much lower than in any other developed country. We're going to talk about that in this week's story as well. Um, I want to point out, and we're going to touch this story as well in the weekly list, but the importance of what how we've handled this versus South Korea. South Korea had their first outbreak at the time that we had our first outbreak. They immediately launched mass testing, over 10,000 tests available towards more recent weeks. It was 15,000 per day for a much smaller population of people. This week, their number of ads has been under 100 new cases per day. They capped out at 8,000 and change. At, one, at some point, they were well ahead of us in, in, te- in the number of cases because, again, they were testing. We're now at 22,000 as of the type, time of this week coming to an end. It's significantly higher since then. We're seeing a growth rate of 40 to 50% per day, this very steep trajectory with no end in sight and because of our lack of testing. Um, so they're, they're past, they've flattened their curve, they're past the worst of it. We haven't even gotten to the point where we're near that. So uh, the country, our country, we've prided ourselves on having the best innovation, the best technology, the best medical care. Uh, when the leader in charge does not harness that and lies and confiscates and uh, this is where we are. It's a tragedy. Our economy is in deep trouble. The health of the American people is in deep trouble. It's a very scary time for our country. So we're going to get into it. Um, And these lists are so important because you know full well, as Trump has done with everything else, he will try to rewrite this history. 
It's important to say that three weeks ago, we were at 15 cases. Now we're at over 22,000. It's important to say Trump was calling this a hoax and Fox News was calling this a hoax up until last week. Things starting to shift out of necessity because things have gotten very dire very quickly in this country. On Saturday, as we started the week, the White House physician announced in an evening statement that Trump tested negative for the coronavirus. The statement did not say if he would be retested. I just want to talk about the way that was perceived for the history books, since that's what we're doing here. Most people on Twitter didn't believe it. They don't believe Trump was tested. They don't believe the results. And why is that? Because Trump has lost all credibility with the American people other than his small subset of 38% who will, if he told them it was Wednesday and it was Sunday, they would believe him. The rest of the people do not believe him. On Sunday, an NBC Wall Street Journal poll conducted last Wednesday through Friday found 99% had heard about the coronavirus and 60% think it the worst is yet to come. 31% say it's not a big deal. This is very much split by party line again. On Tuesday, a new NPR PBS NewsHour Maris poll found 60% of Americans say they had not very much or no trust at all in what Trump is saying. That's 60%, while 37% have a good amount or a great deal of trust. Again, same numbers, poll by poll, week by week, this 37, 38% who stick with Trump while the rest of the country doesn't believe him at a time of crisis that's so important. Just 40% of Republicans view the coronavirus as a real threat. That's his base. While 54% believe it is overblown and out of, out of proportion. For Democrats, 76% believe it is a real threat. So again, the difference, two parallel realities. On Tuesday, a Pew Research survey found looking back at impeachment, 46% say Trump did something wrong that warranted his removal. That's almost half the country. 28% said he did do something wrong, but enough to, not enough to warrant removal. And 25% say he did nothing wrong. On Saturday, Spain followed Italy, imposing strict limits and telling citizens to stay inside with few exceptions. In France, cafes and restaurants were ordered to close, along with non-essential businesses. On Sunday, the wife of Spanish Prime Minister Pedro Sanchez, Begona Gomez, tested positive for the coronavirus. The country has had 6,391 infections, so at this point they were well ahead of the U.S., and 191 deaths, second to only Italy and Europe. On Sunday, AFB reported at least five Brazilian officials who traveled with President Bolsonaro on his U.S. visit recently to Mar-a-Lago have tested positive for the coronavirus, including a lawyer and a senator of that country. On Saturday in the evening, Chicago O'Hare Airport had people waiting in packed crowds for hours for enhanced screening as Americans, including students, returned from Europe after Trump's Oval Office edict. Both Illinois Governor Pritzker and Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot sharply criticized the federal government for having hundreds of people crammed together. Large crowds were also seen at Dallas-Fort Worth Airport. On Saturday in the late evening, Mayor Ravi Bala of Hoboken, New Jersey, imposed strict nightly curfews from 10 p.m. 
till 5 a.m. and directed all bars and restaurants to allow for delivery and takeout early only. I just want to give some context here. As we started the week, there were pictures not only of hundreds or thousands of people packed into U.S. airports in close quarters, but there were also pictures of kids waiting in line to get into bars and people out getting ice cream and in restaurants and in big crowds. So as we started out the week, people were not taking this outbreak seriously at all for the most part, or in large parts of the country. On Sunday, the Washington Post reported with Trump's fumbled corona, excuse me, one more story on Sunday, a former senior health official uh, analyst returning to the U.S. through Dulles Airport said in an op-ed it was, quote, a case study on how not to handle a pandemic, saying she spent three hours in a jammed immigration hall. So again, this was throughout the airports as Americans are trying to get back in before our border is shut. On Sunday, the Washington Post reported with Trump's fumbled coronavirus response, Americans have had no guidance and have been left to figure out their own strategy using advice from public experts and other sources. Trump's speeches and news conferences last week didn't offer any clear directives. People have turned to neighbors, clergy, and parenting groups to decide whether to cancel events. A group of pastors in Arkansas met to decide on Sunday services. One said, quote, half of his church is ready to lick the floor to prove there's no actual virus. They did end up holding services with some precautions. On Sunday, Dr. Anthony Fauci, who is the photo of this week, again, he's part of the parallel tracks, trying to tell reality versus what Trump is saying. And you're going to see a lot of discord between the two this week. Dr. Anthony Fauci said Sunday on Meet the Press that Americans are, quote, going to have to hunker down significantly more than we as a country are doing to flatten the curve and fight the outbreak. Asked if we should consider a 14-day shutdown like Europe is doing. Fauci said, I would prefer as much as we could possibly do, adding, if you let the curve get up there, the entire society is going to be hit. Prescient words. On Sunday, Norway's renowned University of Science and Technology issued a warning telling students to return from, quote, poor developed countries amid the coronavirus and singled out the U.S. On Sunday, CNBC reported Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has not yet scheduled a vote on the coronavirus relief bill passed in the House after midnight last Friday. McConnell said he would, quote, need to study it carefully. On Sunday, Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt, after facing backlash Saturday night for tweeting a photo of himself and his kids at a crowded restaurant and encouraging people to go out, declared a state of emergency in the state of Oklahoma. On Sunday, defying all health experts, Representative Devin Nunes told Fox Business, quote, if you're healthy, you and your family, it's a great time to go out to the local restaurant. Let's not hurt the working people in this country. Trump also encouraged people to go out in crowds, quoting a tweet showing an image of a large gathering at the White House and adding, quote, this took place in the Rose Garden, just coming out of the cold winter. Trump also complained about the, quote, fake news not covering his ceremony. He also tweeted in capital letters, today is a national day of prayer. God bless everyone. Trump also quoted a tweet from Judicial Watch about Hillary Clinton's emails in Benghazi. So this is all during the coronavirus emergency. People are stuck in airports and Trump is on email gate in Benghazi. 
Hours later, after criticism for the packed crowds at airports, Trump tweeted, quote, we are doing very precise medical screenings at our airports, pardon the interruption and delays, adding, quote, we must get it right, safety first. Trump also tweeted his false claim, quote, the USA was never set up for this. Just look at the catastrophe of the H1N1 swine flu, Biden in charge, adding, quote, great decision to close our borders to China saved many lives. Trump also tweeted about a 5 p.m. news conference and added, quote, we are working closely with the governors, which are a very big factor. They are working hard along with us to get the job done properly. Notably, in an op-ed, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo called on Trump to mobilize the military to help by increasing hospital bed capacity, adding, quote, the time is growing short and fewer options are available. Trump also tweeted, quote, can't believe they are not going after Schumer for the threats he made to our cherished United States Supreme Court. Adding, quote, if a Republican did that, there would be an endless price to pay. Notably, Trump did do that. Trump also said he was considering a pardon for Michael Flynn, tweeting, quote, after destroying his life and the life of his wonderful family, the FBI has lost Flynn's records, adding, quote, I am strongly considering a full pardon. And a lot of us expected him to do that since there was so much chaos this week, but he hasn't yet. On Sunday, Nike announced it would close all of its U.S. stores for two weeks. Numerous other retailers joined, including Patagonia, Warby Parker, Urban Outfitters, and more. On Sunday, Ohio Governor Mike DeWine announced the state would close all restaurants and bars starting at 9 p.m. New York City and Los Angeles also announced schools will be closed as of Monday. On Sunday, the governors of Massachusetts and Nevada also announced they would close K-12 schools starting Monday. By day's end, 33 states had announced schools would be closed for a varying number of weeks. On Sunday, MGM temporarily closed its Las Vegas properties starting Tuesday. And then on Tuesday, Nevada Governor Steve Sisolak closed all non-essential businesses, including casinos, for 30 days. On Sunday, Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin told this week that despite forecasts of a slowdown, he does not think there will be a recession, adding the markets go up and down. When asked about Trump's error-laden Oval Office speech, Mnuchin said, quote, I don't think he got things wrong at all, adding, quote, people misinterpreted Trump's comments on cargo, which the White House later corrected. When asked about the Federal Reserve's response in Trump's tweet, calling it pathetic, Mnuchin said, quote, I speak to Jay Paul now almost every day, so it would not be appropriate for him to comment. Later Sunday, the Federal Reserve announced it is dropping benchmark interest rates to nearly zero and launched a massive $700 billion quantitative easing program to shelter the economy from the effects of the coronavirus. Minutes later, and again, this is our Federal Reserve that's supposed to be independent. Minutes later, Trump told a, held a White House press briefing. He started off by saying, quote, it makes me happy and I want to congratulate the Federal Reserve. Adding, quote, I think that people in the market should be very thrilled. Trump said he spoke to CEOs of grocery store chains as shelves have been emptied and said to Americans, quote, you don't have to buy so much. Adding, take it easy, relax. 
So far, there have been 3,300 cases and 61 deaths in the United States. Trump also claimed, quote, young people, people in good health, and groups of people just are not strongly affected. Earlier today, Fauci said, young people, quote, you are not immune or safe from getting seriously ill. As Trump spoke and after, the Dow Jones futures fell more than 600 points, at one point down as much as 800 points, triggering the limit down to halt trading. Shortly after, Acting Department of Homeland Security Secretary Shad Wolf said the regime is considering all options, including a domestic air travel ban for the first time since 9-11, amid complaints about crowds in airports. Later Sunday, the CDC announced new guidelines saying gatherings of 50 or more people should be postponed or canceled for the next eight weeks in order to curb the spread of the coronavirus. That was guidance, not a mandate. On Monday, the International Monetary Fund announced it stands ready to use $1 trillion lending capacity to help countries struggling with the humanitarian and economic impact of the coronavirus. So this is a worldwide problem. On Monday, Ursula von der Leyen, president of the European Commission, said she was proposing a temporary shutdown of all non-essential travel into the bloc for 30 days. On Monday, the New York Times reported amid the coronavirus crisis, the culture fostered by Trump has led to a regime that is plagued by turf wars and infighting. Trump has been racked by indecision and is quick to blame others. Trump sees the public health crisis through the lens of media coverage and the stock market performance. Trump views each crisis as a public relations problem and views each day as an episode on a television show. Trump dismissed reporting, warning to bring in more experts or give less power to Jared Kushner. Without a pandemic team in the National Security Council, responsibility fell on Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar, a former drug executive. Kushner was deeply involved in Trump's error-ridden Oval Office speech and selling Trump on saying Google had deployed, developed a website that did not actually exist. Trump was reportedly raging by Sunday night over media coverage. On Monday, similarly, Vanity Fair reported over the weekend with the markets and free-for-all and positive tests for people at Mar-a-Lago, Trump finally awoke to the dangers of the outbreak and magnitude of what is going on. Trump was also concerned that the National Football League might preemptively follow the NBA and NHL and cancel its season. Trump called the NFL owners and begged them not to cancel. Reportedly, the principal target of Trump's anger is Kushner, who advised him to treat the emergency as a public relations problem, while others like Fauci were calling for aggressive actions. On Monday, the New York Times reported, according to a recordings obtained, Trump told governors on Monday morning on a call that they are on their own, saying respirators, ventilators, all the equipment, try to get it yourselves. On Monday, major cities, including New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, and San Francisco ordered restaurants, bars, and cinemas to close to the public. Restaurants were permitted to do takeout business. On Monday, citing a, quote, lack of federal direction, the governors of New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut closed movie theaters, gyms, and other places of gathering of 50 or more. Restaurants can only do takeout or delivery. Shortly after, Trump tweeted, quote, 
had a very good teleconference with governors and adding, quote, Cuomo of New York has to do more. Cuomo responded saying, quote, no, you in capital letters have to do something. You're supposed to be president. On Monday, 33 states closed K-12 schools, an unprecedented number impacting millions of kids in a move educators say is likely to have major and long-lasting implications for the country's K-12 education system. On Monday, the federal government directed its 2.1 million employees to work from home. After a week of confusion, as some were told to report to work, even as the public health officials implored people to work from home. On Monday at a press briefing, Trump issued new guidelines calling for closing schools and avoiding groups of more than 10 people, discretionary travel, bars, restaurants, and food courts for 15 days. Trump said, quote, it seems to me if we do a really good job, we'll not only hold the death rate down to a level that's much lower than any other way had we done a, had we not done a good job, whatever that means. Adding, quote, people are talking about July or August for when it will be over. So this was not a command. This was an idea to do this for 15 days. Trump added, quote, if everyone makes this change or makes these critical changes and sacrifices now, we will rally together as one nation and we will defeat the virus and we're going to have a big celebration all together. When asked about the Google website, Trump said, quote, they're working hand in hand and, quote, I think they're doing a really great job. Asked to rank his performance during the crisis with a rating, he said, quote, I'd rate it a 10. On Monday, the Washington Post reported a sharp shift in tone at Fox News as personalities after a week of downplaying the threat of the coronavirus and casting it as a conspiracy theory against Trump started to take it seriously. Personalities like Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram, Janine Pirro, and Fox and Friends co-hosts suddenly are calling the virus a crisis and telling people to stay home. On Monday, the New York Times reported that McConnell and other GOP senators are reaching out to Republican-nominated federal judges who are eligible to retire and asking them to quit so Republicans can pick their replacement. On Monday, the Supreme Court postponed arguments for the because of the coronavirus. The court was set to hear the case over whether Manhattan DA and the House can subpoena Trump's financial records. On Monday, the Justice Department dropped charges against two Russian firms, Concord Management and Concord Consulting, that were indicted in the Mueller probe for financing schemes to interfere in the 2016 election. The Department of Justice rationale was that the companies were exploiting the case to gain access to delicate information that Russia could weaponize. The trial was set to start next month. The court granted the motion to dismiss. This raised a lot of eyebrows, given that we're in a crisis, has got lost in the chaos. But again, all these loose ends left over from the Mueller probe seem to be disappearing. On Monday, in a highly choreographed display of political theater, Russians, Russia's highest court approved constitutional changes, which will allow President Vladimir Putin to stay in power until 2036. If we don't get rid of Trump in November, we can expect the same here. On Sunday, the, a German leading German newspaper reported Trump tried to lure a German firm, CureVac, which is developing a coronavirus vaccine, 
to relocate to the U.S. and produce exclusively for the U.S. CureVax main investor, Dighton Pop, responded saying he was not selling and wanted the firm to develop a vaccine to, quote, help people not just regionally, but solidarity across the world. On Monday, the Washington Post, this is how we repay nice things. The Washington Post reported a Berlin-based company shipped 1.4 million coronavirus tests to the World Health Organization by the end of February. The WHO shipped 250,000 by February 3rd, but Trump declined the offer to take any. So again, a German company offered us test kits. We said no, and then Trump thanks them by trying to lure away a firm that is making a vaccine to make it exclusively for Americans. From mid-January to February 28th, during this period while we were offered 250,000 kits, or the WHO shipped 250,000 kits, the Center for Disease Control produced 160,000 tests, but fewer than 4,000 of the 160,000 worked. The government did not reach out to academia or private companies during this time. The CDC has not explained the nature of the manufacturing problem. Germany has had just 17 deaths for more than 7,200 cases, a mortality rate of 0.23%. The U.S. has had 85 deaths for over 4,600 cases and with a mortality rate of 1.82%, almost six times that amount. On Monday, Amazon announced it would hire an additional 100,000 employees in order to meet the demand for shipments. On Tuesday, the company suspended shipments of non-essential items in order to keep up. On Monday, the Dow Jones dropped 3,000 points, or 12.9%, despite the rate cut, suffering its worst day since Black Monday market crash in 1987, and its third worst day ever. The S&P dropped 12%. On Tuesday, the Federal Reserve announced another $500 billion operation for overnight repo to help fund the markets. The move comes on top of $1.5 trillion announced last week. On Tuesday, New York announced cases had soared to 1,374 with 432 new cases. 19% of those cases are hospitalized. New York has conducted more than 10,000 tests, Governor Cuomo said the state will need 55,000 hospital beds. On Sunday, Georgia became the second state to postpone its presidential primary over the coronavirus. In-person voting that started March 2nd will be halted, and the election will be moved to May 19th. On Sunday, Governor Cuomo signed an executive order modifying election procedures in New York, suspending the candidate petitioning process and lowering the threshold signatures required by 30%. On Monday, Ohio's Republican Governor DeWine ordered that state's primary polling places to be closed on Tuesday for the presidential primary due to the coronavirus after a judge hours earlier rejected a lawsuit to delay the primary to June. Judge Richard Fry had ruled at 6.30 on Monday evening that delaying the primary 12 hours before voting was scheduled to begin would set a, quote, terrible precedent. The other three states moved ahead with their primaries. 
On Tuesday, Maryland Governor Larry Hogan announced the state would postpone its April 28th primary to June 2nd over the coronavirus. On Tuesday, Trump attacked Cuomo, tweeting, quote, Cuomo wants all states to be treated the same. Some are being hit hard by the Chinese virus, adding, quote, New York is a very big hotspot. West Virginia has zero cases. On Tuesday, an open table analysis of restaurant traffic showed overall traffic is down 56% across the country, with drops of 77% in New York City, 81% in Boston, 82% in Los Angeles, and 75% in Chicago. Late Tuesday, New York City Governor Bill de Blasio said the number of confirmed cases in the city rose to 923 from 644 this morning. There have been 10 deaths so far in New York City. On Tuesday, 7 million people living in San Francisco were ordered to shelter in place, the most ambitious measure taken yet to stop the spread of the coronavirus. Silicon Valley has had more than 200 cases. On Tuesday, the death toll from the coronavirus passed 100 and more than 5,600 confirmed cases in all 50 states, including West Virginia, which was the last About half of the deaths were in Washington state, linked to that nursing home we've been discussing. On Tuesday, Ohio Department of Job and Family Services received 45,000 unemployment claims this week, up from 6,500 last week. New Jersey, Rhode Island, and Connecticut also reported a surge in unemployment claims. On Tuesday, at a White House briefing, Trump reversed course and claimed, quote, this is a pandemic. I felt it was a pandemic long before it was called a pandemic. This is a false statement. Two months For two months, Trump said the opposite. He's even, as we know, called it the Democrats' new hoax. A more somber Trump said on Tuesday, quote, we're starting the process. We hope it's not going to be necessary, but it could be necessary. The state is working on it very hard themselves, hours after, hours after attacking Cuomo. Trump said of Fochi has become a, quote, major television star. Fochi had successfully been able to maintain credibility and inform the public without contradicting Trump. However, he did not appear at the daily press briefing on Wednesday or Thursday. Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin said Tuesday that the regime was, quote, looking at sending checks to Americans immediately and the stock market will remain open, but the hours may be shortened. On Tuesday, Mnuchin pitched a $850 billion stimulus package to the Senate Republicans at a private lunch. In week 173, just two weeks ago, Trump asked Congress for just $2.5 billion. So we've gone from $2.5 to $850 billion and then accepted $8.5 billion in aid. Mnuchin warned senators that without a dramatic government intervention, unemployment could rise to 20%. Mnuchin also said Trump had asked for deferment of tax payments up to $1 million for 90 days. At the press briefing earlier, Trump said, quote, we want to go big, saying he had instructed Mnuchin to introduce measures that would provide immediate funds to Americans, not just payroll tax. On Tuesday, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo held a press conference. He referred to the coronavirus as the Wuhan virus six times. On Monday, Trump limited the number of Chinese staffers who worked for 
after Trump had limited the number of Chinese staffers who work for five state-controlled news agencies to 100, uh, there were tensions between Washington and Beijing. That happened a few weeks ago. And then on Tuesday, in response to Trump limiting those news organizations, the Chinese government announced it would expel American journalists from the New York Times, the Washington Post, and the Wall Street Journal. China's Ministry of Foreign Affairs also demanded these outlets, along with Voice of America and Time magazine, provide the Chinese government with detailed information about their operations. On Tuesday, Reuters reported UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson unveiled much more stringent measures after a study by Imperial College and led by Professor Neil Ferguson, an expert on the spread of infectious disease. The study's findings included that if no action is taken against the virus, it would cause 510,000 deaths in Britain and 2.2 million in the U.S. The epidemic was expected to be broader in the U.S. and peak later. On Tuesday, Kansas Governor Laura Kelly ordered all K-12 schools in the state closed for the remainder of the school year, the first state to do so. Kelly also ordered executive branch employees to stay home for two weeks. On Tuesday, after winning the Democratic primaries in Florida and Illinois decisively, Joe Biden addressed the country on live stream, a first. He later won Arizona as well. Again, Ohio did not hold its primary. On Tuesday, the New York Times reported Trump is finally starting to enlist government agencies like FEMA and the Army Corps of Engineers to help with the coronavirus. As of Monday, the agency said they had no directions as to what to do. The movement came after an internal report by DHS, which found the pandemic will last 18 months or longer and will likely cause significant shortages for government, private sector, and individual consumers. On Tuesday, the New York Times reported the U.S. lags behind other countries in testing, through March 12th, the U.S. had tested just 25,000 specimens, while Italy tested 134,000 and South Korea tested 274,000. The U.S. has tested just 125 people per million, the lowest of any developed country, including the U.K., which has tested roughly 600, Australia roughly 1,800, Italy roughly 2,200, and South Korea roughly 5,300 per million. On Tuesday, WBUR reported Massachusetts hospitals are running short on supplies and are asking for donations for items like safety goggles and other protective gear used in places like chemistry labs or workshops for their hospitals. On Wednesday, the number of worldwide coronavirus cases surpassed 200,000 more than double in two weeks. The virus has spread to countries, to most countries, and killed more than 8,000. China peaked at 8,100, or excuse me, 81,000, or at least that's what their government was reporting. On Wednesday, Reuters reported, according to a European Union document, Russia media has deployed a, quote, significant information, disinformation campaign against the West to generate panic and sow distrust. On Wednesday, Reuters reported National Security Advisor Robert O'Brien will travel to attend Russia's May 9th Victory Day. In week 173, Russia state media reported Trump canceled his scheduled trip for the event. 
On Wednesday, Dow Jones reported the Treasury is proposing two rounds of direct payments to citizens, totaling $250 billion starting April 6. The markets halted during the day, hitting circuit breakers. On Wednesday, Trump tweeted, quote, I always treated the Chinese virus very seriously and have done a very good job from the beginning, including my very early decision to close the border from China. Trump also predicted Bernie Sanders would drop out, tweeting, quote, the DNC will have gotten their fondest wish and defeated Bernie Sanders, adding, quote, Bernie has given up just like he did last time. Make America great again. Keep America great. Trump also falsely claimed, quote, 95% approval rating in the Republican Party, 53% overall. No such polling exists. He added, quote, according to the Daily Caller, Sleepy Joe Biden in Florida, 48%, him beating Sleepy Joe Biden, 48% to 42%. Trump also complained he gets, quote, nothing but fake and corrupt news, day and night, Russia, 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 then the Ukraine scam, whistleblower, then the impeachment hoax, and more, more, more. On Wednesday, CNBC reported the big three automotive manufacturers, General Motors, Ford, and Fiat Chrysler, plan to close all their U.S. factories due to the coronavirus. On Wednesday, the price of oil fell 24% to an 18-year low, as the coronavirus sapped global demand for crude with rising fears of a global recession. On Wednesday, famous hedge manager Bill Ackerman urged Trump to show the con- shut the country down for 30 days to stop the spread of the coronavirus, saying, quote, America will end as we know it, and, quote, hell is coming. On Wednesday, Trump said he invoked the Defense Production Act, Stick a pin in that because he said this on Wednesday. Again, he said he invoked the Defense Production Act, a law that authorizes presidents to force American industry to ramp up production of equipment needed for national security, saying, quote, just in case we need it. The law could force factories to produce needed medical supplies, such as ventilators, respirators, and protective gear for healthcare workers. Trump also moved to send military hospital ships to the West Coast and New York. Trump said the Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA, was activated at the highest level and that he directed the Department of Housing and Urban Development to place a temporary moratorium on evictions. Trump also said the regime will use legal authority granted to the Surgeon General to deport migrants who cross the southwest border illegally without giving them a chance for due process, starting, quote, probably today. So Trump is, again, Wednesday taking, or says he's taking all these grand actions, the one about closing the border, I do believe, um, and deporting people without legal process, I believe. Trump said he viewed himself as a, quote, wartime president, adding, quote, I mean, that's what we're fighting. I mean, it's a very tough situation here. And said prior to the coronavirus, it was, quote, the best economy we've ever had. Trump continued throughout the briefing to refer to the coronavirus as the, quote, Chinese virus. He brushed aside criticism that the term was racist or could fuel bias attacks against Asian Americans, which is actually happening, saying, quote, it's not racist at all. When asked if it was, quote, wrong for the White House official, for a White House official to say Kung flu to CBS reporter Wei Jing Zhang on Tuesday, 
Trump said he believes Asian Americans agree 100% with him using the term Chinese virus. Asked why it took so long on ventilators when we know had known for weeks that we need them, Trump said, well, well, we knew it depends. It depends on how it goes. Worst case, absolutely best case, not at all. And these are complex machines, which is a lot of saying nothing. Dr. Deborah Burks called on millennials to avoid large crowds of people, saying data from Europe showed the group has a disproportionate number of infections compared to older people who are at greater health risk. On Wednesday, the U.S. Navy hospital ships were sent to deploy to New York and California. NPR reported the USNS Comfort could take weeks to prepare for assignment in New York. On Wednesday, the Dow Jones dropped 1,338 points, or 6.3%, to 19,899, for the first time hitting below the level it was at when Trump took office. Stocks came off their lows when the Senate finally passed the coronavirus relief package. So the stock market was down even more than 6.3%. The Senate passed a small package. It was what the House had said in their way last week. Friday night. On Wednesday, the New York Stock Exchange said it would close its historic trading floor starting March 23rd to move fully to electronic trading after two people tested positive at a screening set up last week. The Chicago Mercantile Exchange closed its trading floor. As of the last Friday, as a precaution over the coronavirus outbreak, the first major exchange to do so. On Wednesday, the U.S. Census Bureau suspended its field operations for two weeks due to the coronavirus outbreak. The Bureau is looking to hire 500,000 workers for 2020 census. So far, it has added just 31,000 workers. On Wednesday, the first two members of Congress tested positive for the coronavirus. Representative Mario Diaz-Bellart, a ninth-term Florida Republican, Representative Ben McAdams, a freshman Democrat from Utah. The two had voted in the House floor as recently as Saturday. At least five other members of Congress said Wednesday they would self-quarantine, having been exposed to the two members. On Wednesday, Reuters reported that although South Korea and the U.S. had their first coronavirus case at the same time, South Korea took immediate, immediate action in late January to approve a diagnostic test and start mass testing. Seven weeks in, South Korea had tested 290,000 and identified roughly 8,000 who were quarantined to stop the spread. The United States, on the other hand, tested just 60,000 over that period of time. On Wednesday, South Korea reported only 93 new cases. On Wednesday, the Daily News reported an inmate at Rikers had contracted the coronavirus. Mayor de Blasio is considering releasing those who are at high risk Iran released 85,000 prisoners on Tuesday. On Wednesday, a CDC report found of the 508 patients known to have been hospitalized, 38% were between the age of 20 and 54. The risk of death was significantly higher for older people. On Wednesday, more than 100 national security professionals broke from tradition and endorsed Joe Biden for 2020, saying in an online letter that Trump, quote, has created an existential danger to the United States. Signatories included career diplomats, intelligence officials, and defense policymakers from both parties. The letter added, quote, his reelection would continue this downward spiral 
and will likely have catastrophic results. On Wednesday, Brazil's National Security Advisor Augusto Heleno said he had tested positive for the coronavirus, the 15-member of President Bolsonaro's U.S. delegation to do so. All 15 met with Trump and Pence. On Wednesday, former Massachusetts Governor William Weld dropped out of the Republican presidential primary, leaving Trump unopposed. On Thursday, Tulsi Gabbard dropped out of the Democratic primary. On Thursday, as the number of cases had passed 9,500 and 159 deaths, the U.S. surpassed both South Korea and France in total cases. Just 82,000 Americans have been tested. South Korea was testing 15,000 per day. On Thursday, a New York Times editorial board wrote on, quote, the epic failure of coronavirus testing in America, noting China and South Korea offer lessons on how to curb the outbreak through testing. While the WHO suggested testing to find and isolate, in the U.S., with less testing available, Americans are being told if you feel sick, stay home. Even those who live with people are at high risk or severely ill. The lack of testing is a result of a string of failures at the White House, CDC, and FDA and have led to, quote, intractable delays in making diagnostic tests for coronavirus widely available in the United States. On Thursday, CNN reported that Trump made promises last Friday that we covered, including a Google Google Get Tested website, drive-through locations at chain store parking lots, and 1.4 million test kits. None of those have turned out to be true. On Thursday, the number of test cases in New York jumped from 3,000 Wednesday to 5,200 on Thursday. As Cuomo said, more than 7,500 were tested overnight. At least 750 were hospitalized, and there were 29 deaths in the state of New York. Cuomo exhorted the federal government for help in finding protective equipment and ventilators, saying, quote, every state is shopping for ventilators, and the state will require five or six times its current supplies. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi called on Trump in a statement to, quote, immediately use the powers of the Defense Production Act to mass produce and coordinate distribution of these critical supplies. On Thursday, Trump again blamed China at his daily press briefing, saying, quote, we continue our relentless effort to defeat the Chinese virus. And, quote, some people would like to say it's an act of God I don't, claiming China could have stopped it. Trump added, quote, now the whole world almost is infected with this horrible virus. When asked, if, when asked about China, saying it reported no new cases today, Trump said, I hope it's true. Who knows? I hope it's true. I really do. A close-up photo taken of Trump's notes during the briefing, taken by a Washington Post photographer, showed Trump cross out the word corona and wrote in Chinese over it with a black sharpie. When asked about invoking the the Defense Production Act, immediately, Trump said, quote, governors are on their own, saying, quote, the federal government is not supposed to be out there buying vast amounts of items, and, quote, we're not a shipping clerk. Trump took a question from far-right cable news One America, saying, do you consider the term Chinese food to be racist because it is food that originated in China? Trump said, I don't think that's racist at all. The OAN reporter then added, on that note, major left-wing media, even ones in this room, have teamed up with Chinese Communist Party narratives, and they are claiming you are racist for making these claims. 
Trump responded, quote, it amazes me when I read these things that I read. I didn't think anybody has done as much as I have in the last three years, adding this administration has done a great job, but the press is very dishonest. Trump also said to reporters, quote, we were very prepared. The only thing we weren't prepared for was the media. We should get rid of 75 or 80% of you. That's only two or three of you I like. This is, again, Trump's daily press briefings. Trump also said, quote, I've directed the FDA to eliminate outdated rules and bureaucracy to fast track possible treatments, including chloroquine, an anti-malaria drug. Trump called it a potential, quote, game changer. Trump added, quote, it has shown very, very encouraging early results and will be available almost immediately. Adding, quote, that is where the FDA has been so great. It's gone through the approval process. It's been approved. FDA Commissioner Stephen Hahn, speaking after Trump, said the FDA has not, in fact, improved chloroquine for COVID-19 use, saying there is not enough evidence of definitive efficacy against the virus. Shortly after, Trump sent a series of tweets saying, quote, I want all Americans to understand we are at war with an invisible enemy, but that enemy is no match for the spirit and resolve of the American people. Trump added, quote, Today I spoke with the American physicians and nurses to thank them, saying, quote, they're in the front lines of this war and are the true American heroes, adding, with your help, America will win. On Thursday, Trump released a series of coronavirus PSAs on his Twitter feed, including appearances from First Lady Melania, Surgeon General Jerome Adams, Burks, and Fauci, and an opening PSA featuring him. In one, the First Lady reassuringly smiles, saying, quote, this is not how we'll live forever. Our children will return to school. People will return to work. We will gather at places of worship, concerts, and sporting events again. Shortly after, Trump tweeted, quote, we are going to win sooner rather than later. So again, Trump is trying to make this into a xenophobic Chinese virus and is claiming we are at war with this invisible enemy. He is a wartime president. On Thursday, the Washington Post reported in what insiders say is another Trump purge of career officials, Russell Travers, an acting director of the National Counterterrorism Center, was removed on Wednesday. Like, who needs people in counterterrorism? Travers' acting deputy, Peter Hall, was also removed. Travers, who took the acting position last August, had been resistant to pressure to make personnel cuts at the center. On Thursday, Trump canceled the G7 summit of world leaders scheduled to take place at Camp David. Remember all the rigmarole about Trump wanting to host that at the Doral? After all that, it's being canceled. On Thursday, the State Department issued a warning to Americans not to travel abroad during the pandemic and said citizens abroad should return back immediately or make preparations to remain abroad indefinitely. The advisory added Americans should, quote, have a travel plan that does not rely on U.S. government for assistance. The agency raised its travel advisory for all international travel from three to four, the most serious category. Later Thursday, California Governor Gavin Newsom said in a letter to Trump that he estimates 25.5 million residents, or 56% of the state, will get the coronavirus in the next eight months. Newsom said, asked Trump to dispatch the USSM, US, 
SNS Mercy Hospital ship to a port in Los Angeles through September 1st. The state had 971 confirmed cases Thursday, third behind New York and Washington, a really low number for California, doing very little testing. Newsom also issued a stay-at-home order for $40 million in the state. The order allows people to visit family members in need and for critical businesses like pharmacies, banks, and groceries to stay open. On Thursday, there were 242,000 cases in the world with 9,800 dead. In the U.S., there were 13,000 cases and 176 dead Thursday. At 5 p.m., New York City had 3,615 cases. On Thursday, the House Oversight Committee asked the Trump regime for documents on its response to the coronavirus, including how it plans to produce and distribute coronavirus testing kits. On Thursday, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution reported the entire Georgia state legislature was urged to self-quarantine after Brandon Beach, who worked on the floor Monday, who voted on the floor Monday, got a positive result from a test taken Saturday. On Thursday, NPR reported that including to, according to a secret recording they obtained, Senate Intelligence Chair Richard Burr gave a dire warning at a private luncheon in Capitol Hill on February 27th, the same day Trump was playing down fears. On that day, Trump said, it's going to disappear one day. It's like a miracle that will disappear of the 15 confirmed cases. Burr, however, told the private lunch, quote, is probably more akin to the 1918 pandemic. The Senate was briefed on February 25th. On Thursday, ProPublica reported that Burr sold off a significant percentage of his stocks on February 13th, around the time his panel got coronavirus briefings. Burr sold between 628,000 and 1.72 million of his holdings in 33 transactions, about a week before the stock market fell started its fall of 30% as news about the spread of the virus became public. Shortly after that reporting, Daily Beast reported Senator Kelly Loeffler, the Senate's newest member and part of the Senate Health Committee, sold millions in stock in the days and weeks after private briefings. Loeffler's first sale of stock jointly owned by her husband was on January 24th, the day the panel hosted an all-Senator briefing. She tweeted that day, quote, appreciate today's briefing from President's top health officials. In total, she and her husband made 27 stock sales and two buys. This is particularly heinous. One purchase was a technology company that offers teleworking software, so people working from home would benefit from. It saw a small bump in price of that stock. On Friday, the number of worldwide cases topped 250,000. The World Health Organization noted it took more than three months to reach 100,000 cases, but only 12 days to log the next 100,000. On Wednesday, a new ABC News poll found 55% of Americans approve of Trump's handling of the coronavirus, 43% disapprove. Also, 72% said their life had been disrupted in some way. Polling size was small, 512 people. On Friday, American Research Group found 41% approve of Trump's handling, 55% disapprove. Their poll was slightly bigger, it was twice the size. On Friday, Goldman Sachs predicted next week's unemployment report will show 2.25 million 
filed for initial unemployment benefits this week, eight times higher than last week and the highest on record. On Friday, the Trump regime asked states to delay releasing their unemployment claim data for next week out of concern about its impact on the stock market. On Friday, a new Kaiser Family Foundation poll found two in five Americans canceled plans last week to attend large gatherings as the pandemic escalated. So again, these parallel universes where half the country is like, this is no big deal. Four in 10 Americans plan to travel in the next three months. So far, 51% are still planning to travel. 27% are considering still going and just 22% have canceled. On Friday, Secretary, uh, Secretary Mnuchin announced on Twitter that the Internal Revenue Service had extended the tax filing date from April 15th to July 15th. On Friday, Governor Cuomo ordered non-essential businesses to keep 100% of their workforce at home, saying, quote, when I talk about the most drastic action we can take, this is the most drastic action we can take, adding we're all in quarantine now. Cuomo said in New York, the cases surged by 2,950 overnight to 7,102, as the state did 10,000 more tests and 32,000 overall, and has tested a higher per capita rate than South Korea and China. The U.S. overall has tested only 111,000 people. New York has tested 32,000 of those. On Friday at his daily press briefing, Trump said, quote, once this enemy is defeated, our economy will bounce back quickly, a phrase that was then tweeted by his 2020 campaign on social media. Trump continued his xenophobic attack, saying, quote, every week our border agents encounter thousands of unscreened, unvetted, and unauthorized entries from dozens of countries, adding now he's doing something. Acting DHS Secret, uh, Director Wolf said the regime would limit non-essential travel between the U.S. and Mexico. Unlike a similar move with Canada earlier in the week, Wolf said the move would block migrants from entering. Mexico has just 200 coronavirus cases. Trump said he invoked the Defense Product Act, quote, to the highest level of activists, adding, quote, if you take a look at what we did, this level of activation has been increased to grade one level with the highest level. It was unclear what he meant. Pompeo said the regime will not offer Iran sanction relief after Iran's health manager tweeted one person dies from coronavirus every 10 minutes. He also said Russia, China, and Iran are spreading disinformation. When Pompeo was done speaking, Trump used he could now return to the, quote, deep state department. Fauci, who returned to the daily briefings for the first time in three days, could be seen covering his face with his palm. When Fauci was asked if, if chloroquine is a game changer, as Trump had said, while standing next to Trump, Fauci said, quote, the answer is no, because, quote, the evidence is anecdotal evidence. Fauci added, it was not done in a controlled clinical trial, so you really can't make any definitive statement about it. Trump then chimed in, repeating, it is a game changer, and adding, we have millions of units ordered. Former White House Press Secretary Sean Spicer attended the meeting as a reporter for Newsmax. Trump, of course, called on Spicer, saying, yeah, please in the back. Spicer gave Trump a softball question on helping small businesses. NBC News reporter Peter Alexander got into a heated exchange with Trump when asked if he was giving Americans, quote, false hope by promoting an unproven drug, 
He said, thousands are infected and millions are scared. Alexander followed up asking, quote, what do you say to Americans who are scared? Trump snapped, I say that you are a terrible reporter. That's what I say, calling it a, quote, nasty question and saying you're doing sensationalism. Trump continued assailing the media, saying, and the same with NBC and Comcast. I don't call it Comcast, I call it Concast. Adding, quote, let me just tell you something that's really bad reporting. When a CNN reporter asked if we should come together and if it was appropriate to attack Alexander, Trump said he is, quote, not a good journalist and, quote, coming together is much harder when we have dishonest journalists. On Friday, the Dow Jones Industrial tumbled 913 points, or 4%, after being up 400 points during the day. The Dow dropped overall 17% for the week, the biggest drop since October 2008. On Friday, Connecticut and Illinois joined California and New York in telling all non-essential workers to stay home. By later in the day, there were more than 18,000 cases and at least 242 dead in the U.S., On Friday, the Metropolitan Transportation Authority in New York City announced it would make all local buses free during the pandemic in order to keep drivers and riders a safe distance apart. On Friday, the LA Times reported the Los Angeles County Department of Public Health advised doctors to only administer a coronavirus test on patients if a positive result could change how they would be treated. The lack of available testing will drastically reduce the chance of isolating people who have been exposed and thereby containing the outbreak. California had reported just over 1,100 cases by Friday. Later Friday, New York City also moved to curtail testing days after the mayor said the city would test 5,000 per day. An advisory said, quote, outpatient testing should not be encouraged, promoted, or advertised. On Friday, the Wall Street Journal reported on shortages in New York City hospitals, doctors wearing the same masks for as long as a week, emergency room physicians reusing gowns, and a dwindling supply of ventilators. State officials say the peak is a month and a half away. A doctor in the largest New York hospital system said, quote, we're getting pounded, adding, quote, I've been in ICU care for 15 years, and this is the worst I have ever seen things. On Friday, Dr. Priest Harris, the president of the American Medical Association and the largest association of physicians, called the shortages of protective gear for healthcare workers unacceptable. The AMA joined the American Hospital Association and American Nursing Association in asking Congress for $100 billion in financial assistance, saying with the patient influx, some hospitals are losing $1 million per day. On Thursday, the New York Times reported Trump's DHS ran a series of exercises from late August, late, excuse me, last January to August, codenamed Crimson Contagion, and stimulated an influenza pandemic. The report was issued in October 2019. The report, which said not to be disclosed, found the federal government was underfunded and underprepared and agencies uncoordinated for a life or death battle with the virus, which for which no treatment existed. So we knew this would happen. Congress was also briefed on the findings in December, including the inability to quickly replenish certain medical items which were purchased from overseas. No action was taken in Congress. On February 10th, three weeks after the first coronavirus case, Trump knew all this information, 
but he submitted a 2021 budget calling for 9% or $693 million decrease in CDC funding, along with a small increase for combating global pandemics. On Friday, the Washington Post reported U.S. intelligence agencies issued ominous classified warnings in January and February to Trump and lawmakers, tracking the spread of the coronavirus in China and other countries. Despite the constant flow of reporting from the intelligence agency, Trump continued publicly and privately to play down the threat of the virus to Americans. Lawmakers did not grapple with the threat of the virus until early this month. By the end of January and early February, a majority of intelligence daily briefings from the CIA and Office of DNI were focused on the subject of COVID-19. Notably, Senator Burr sold stock at that time. One official said, quote, Trump may not have been expecting this, but a lot of other people in the government were. They just couldn't get him to do anything about it, adding the system was blinking red. On Saturday in the morning, there were 275,000 cases globally and at least 11,400 deaths. The U.S. had 19,624 cases in the morning and 260 had died. On Saturday, Trump tweeted in capital letters, hydrochloroquine and azitrosamine, take it together, real chance to be one of the biggest game changers. The statement, as we know, is false. Trump added, quote, the FDA has moved mountains. Thank you. Hopefully they will both and will be put to immediately, in capital letters, immediately people are dying. Move fast and God bless everyone, all in capital letters. On Saturday, Governor Cuomo, at his daily press briefing, said there were more than 10,300 cases in New York City. On a promising note, Cuomo said Westchester County, the site of an early cluster and containment zone, showed a peak off in its spread at 1,300 cases. On a positive, uh, on the positive cases so far, 55% are between the ages of 18 and 49. Cuomo said New York had declared a major disaster, which will help free up FEMA money. Just notably, this has now started to become a pattern where Governor Cuomo of New York speaks late morning before Trump speaks. There's been combativeness between the two of them, but Cuomo is sort of viewed on Twitter and around social media as President Cuomo, people wanting him to be president talking about how much a better job he is in in conveying facts, getting New York's tested, um, being a leader as opposed to Trump, who seems to be saying things that are not true on a daily basis, which, of course, is driving Trump crazy. On Saturday, a Washington Post media columnist wrote the media needs to stop, in fact, broadcasting Trump's daily press briefings live, saying the briefings have served as a substitute for his campaign rallies and have been full of lies. Journalistic experts advised instead of report of, instead for reporters to attend the briefings and write down what Trump says and then verify information to check for lies and misinformation before blasting it to the public. On Saturday, Trump held a daily press briefing. Trump continued to call the coronavirus the invisible enemy and thank the American people for their efforts, saying, quote, it is a time of shared national sacrifice. Trump also said the, quote, history books, We'll never forget the American people's response, adding, quote, we're going to be celebrating a great victory in the not-too-distant future. On lack of masks, Trump blamed previous administrations for having, quote, done very little and said his regime is getting, quote, 
tremendous reviews from many people who can't believe how fast masks are coming. That's, of course, a lie. Trump also accused healthcare professionals of, quote, throwing away masks and claiming they should be sanitizing and reusing them, saying, quote, we have very good liquids for doing this. Trump reversed himself from Friday, saying he had, in fact, not invoked the Defense Production Act, which he had said he signed, but would only invoke in worst-case scenarios. Apparently, we're not in a worst-case scenario yet. The stock market's down 30%. We have 22,000 cases, but it's not a worst-case scenario. Uh, Trump said he was tested again, saying, I just took one. Pence said he and the second lady also got tested after a member of his ta staff tested positive, although he added he was not in direct contact with this person. Fauci said on Trump's tweet on possible drug treatments, quote, the president is talking about hope for people, and it is not an unreasonable thing. We don't have anything that is proven. On Saturday, Congress continued negotiating a coronavirus rescue package. The amount grew from $1 trillion to possibly as large as $2 trillion to aid American people in distressed industries. As the week came to a close, there were more than 300,000 cases worldwide and nearly 13,000 deaths. The U.S. passed Germany and Iran to have the fourth most cases in the world at more than 22,000 cases. Ah. <sighs> exhausting, emotionally exhausting. We're all exhausted to begin with and to have Trump gaslight us and lie and be doing such a miserable job and putting us all in danger is terrifying. Everybody stay put, stay informed, um, and stick together. We will get through this. Until next week, have a good one.